everybody. Welcome to Rachel's Reviews. And today we are talking about the latest film in the wizarding world. We're talking about Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. And we've, we've covered on this channel every single film in the Harry Potter world. And uh, I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Richard Southers is here. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. That's fine. Glad to be here. It's been, a, it's been a while since we did a video together. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think if we've done one since uh, since Grindelwald, maybe. Was, um, uh, we was did that... Aladdin, the, uh, the live action Aladdin. I was in Train 19. Oh, yeah. It? Well, in one of my favorite episodes I've ever done was um, was our discussion on First Man. I thought that was a really good episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, we talked uh, Crimes of Grindelwald with Hayden. We had on with that one. And, uh, but it was, since it's been a while, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, uh, hey. well my name is Richard. I'm a, kind of like a ca casual film fan. I do like sometimes I do like reviews on my reviews on my blog as well as as well as other things. And uh, so me, so me and Rachel have been. Uh, because well, I think since I started my blog like se several years ago, yeah, with that number, with that long number. time, yeah, yeah, since 2014, I think, or 2015. Yeah, a, a big, big Harry Potter fan as well. Yeah, it felt yeah. like we did a whole, we did like a whole series reviewing the different Harry Potter films before the first Fantastic Beast film came out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was an interesting experience. It was it was interesting to me because with the Harry Potter films. I, I mean, I had a good time talking with you and with uh, Abby and Jeremy, but um, for some reason, those movies weren't as, I don't know, like I've talked about, for some reason, those movies weren't as fun to debate and talk about as, as compared to even other, um, other franchises like the bad Star Wars movies or, you know, some bad superhero movies or things like that, or good, you know, bad or good. But um, I don't know, for some reason, the Harry Potter movies, I, I, I didn't feel like they were as like, fun to kind of scrutinize in that kind of way like you do. They were more possibly, just sort of to be enjoyed. Yeah, possibly because it just, most of it is, is lifted from the books. They're generally quite faithful adaptations apart from bits here and there. Yeah, so maybe that's the it. Then it's just about how that gets translated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got these fantastic beasts, uh, <laughs> and the first one I didn't care for. I I think the problem has always been for me with these series is that is that I find Newt a, a tough character to really. I don't know. He's just. I find Newt would be. I I feel like Newt would be much better as a supporting character than like your lead character from this franchise and and i i think that it's a mistake it was a mistake to not have it centered around children but maybe that's what they the only thing they could do because you're just going to get compared to harry potter if it's kids but i don't know like an adult story i just i mean we have there are a lot of problems with the scripts on on both of the first and second and even in this third one but um, but I don't know, there was just something that was, was not quite there for me in this franchise from the beginning. Well, yeah, I think the, um, I think, I think it could have been better if it had focused more on the fantastic beasts and possibly it could have had some yeah. Grindelwald stuff in the background. 
right like maybe like some some things some isolated incidents related to that that uh, newt had to deal with while but his main business was regarding the fantastic beast and he could have been a better hero in that regard but Kaiser window makes it pretty clear here he doesn't really want to be involved in this particular conflict that they've chosen to focus the series around and so Dumbledore has to kind of strong arm him into it yeah and they set up all that american wizardry uh, before the first movie and then they hardly did anything with any of that no because they yeah because they've only like set the they, they like set the first film in america and then they went to france for mm-hmm. the second one yeah so basically so it's you know so i think most of what the information we get from it is what's what jk rowling puts on Pottermore. well what did you think of the first fantastic beast movie I thought it was it was okay. I mean, it was, I was disappointed in that it wasn't as good as any of the Harry Potter films. It kind of fell, fell just on like the positive side of the line. I think I gave it three mm. out of five. Yeah, it was, it was like nice to experience experience that world from this different angle the first time out. Yeah, I think I was right on the edge as well, uh, but I did go rotten on it on the first one. Um, but it seemed like it had potential to be a interesting series if yeah. they were, you know, what they were going to be doing. Um, and then we kind of got a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I know there are people that defend this movie. Some people listening to this program will, will be defending it. I can't defend it. I thought it was just a complete disaster i i i was so confused of what was going on and when i when i got out of the screening i was like well i guess harry potter people will like that because i certainly didn't like it and i had i was i felt it was just so muddled and so messy and uh and stupid i just did not um and then it seems like it was actually the reverse uh from what i thought that the people that were big for a lot of the people that were big Harry Potter fans hated it even more than I did. Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely hated it. Like yeah. I was, when I left the cinema, I was both angry and I was laughing at how bad it was. Yeah. Just so, just so ridiculous. The, the story was just all over the place and these, and these quite like, blatant departures from the established canon, like having, like, like they brought in McGonagall teaching at Hogwarts at a time when she shouldn't even have been born. Yeah. Probably just a, connect with the Harry Potter nostalgia. Yeah, I know. I had a friend who was really excited for it, really looking forward to it. And she was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, in fairness, every franchise has their terrible movies, but this one, oof, this one just was a struggle to me. Yeah. I, I found it like actually stressful because it was just so, I, they, there's an old uh, uh, there's an old Ask a Ninja thing that he did on the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. <laughs> He's like, they just keep adding new plot lines. <laughs> Literally, the last line of the movie is a new plot line. <laughs> and I'm like, that is Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> it's just instead of instead of finishing any of them, they just keep adding more plot lines. <laughs> you just can't keep track. You can't remember where all the characters are supposed to be at any particular moment. But that, which is pretty much how I like how a lot of the later Pirates of the Caribbean films are. Right. Yeah. It just gets so convoluted. And, and then uh, the whole thing with Credence being Dumbledore's brother, 
yeah, was, was so was stupid terrible. and like swapping the babies on the on the on the boat and it was so dumb i really didn't like it <laughs> and, then the, and then we get to obviously we're going to talk about this later but then this way credence didn't really fail yeah then knows. they retcon that yeah yeah and uh and then they have this whole thing with grindelwald uh i don't even people are gonna be like you're using the wrong words i don't know he's like he's there's a gathering he's trying to get them on his side and yeah. he shows images of the nazis and like real nazis like hitler <laughs> you know and you're just like yeah. what now that's part of that's part of the, the wizarding world and if that's true in this world then they should have been doing a lot more to stop the the nazis and the concentration camps and so where, where were all the wizards you know it just invites this line of questioning that you that was completely unnecessary and didn't need to be in in uh in official harry potter canon yeah i mean like they, they, they ever got if they ever got that far they could have they, we could have we could have had some proper exploration of how just how, how the how the muggle and the wizarding wars was intertwined and whether the the wizards were doing anything while while everything was going on in in europe at that time because i thought obviously we're going to get to that point but it yeah. would have been very interesting in potential but they like like i say hey this what grindelwald shows in what grindelwald shows, shows in that it doesn't really correlate with what we what we know about harry potter magic right yeah well and then we they i they take the character i think most people liked queenie yeah. in the first movie and then they i just felt like they completely ruined her character i mean they try to redeem her in this third one but i think that she's kind of irredeemable of what she does i mean she she puts a spell on jacob and basically like uses him uh because she doesn't want to let him go but that doesn't excuse it <laughs> like talk about agency and consent and all this stuff and then she basically becomes a nazi by the end of the the movie i mean if it can't seem like she was she was joining grindelwald because grindelwald convinced her she would be allowed to marry jacob under his rule even though that's the entire opposite of his agenda yeah it made no sense he's yeah, not gonna he's not gonna be in favor of jacob in any way oh he definitely shows that in this film doesn't he right yeah. yeah and i mean did you feel that way that she was kind of irredeemable by that point of what she'd done I wouldn't, I wouldn't say irredeemable but um if she was going to be redeemed it would require it would require more than what we got right like she didn't really get enough screen time and enough development to to really to really justify it i mean i thought the the acting by alison sudor who played queen Eni, was was pretty good in this film because she did seem very, very conflicted in quite an understated way but she just didn't have enough screen time to to, re to really make the, the redemption believable. What I would have done with Queenie is I wouldn't have had her become a Nazi. And then I also would have had her become the uh, ancestor to Luna. Wouldn't that, that make that sense? They're very similar. Hey, that's it. Hey. I'm not sure Luna sure had that kind of the same kind of power that Queenie, that Queenie has, but I think in terms of attitude, there are similarities there. Yeah, yeah, I feel like they're kind of similar archetypes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
so that's probably what I would have done. That would have been kind of fun. Uh, but no, they chose not to do that. Um, but yeah, I'm, there was just, it was just so messy and I just did not care for crimes of Grindelwald at all. I'm with you. And we had a fun conversation about it, but I wasn't even going to, you know, to cover this one, but there were a couple, this new one, but, uh, I'd heard some good things. Um, and then I also had the chance to interview Kathy Cloves, who's the wife of Steve Cloves, who they brought back for this third one. Thank goodness. And to me, at least that did make a, a, a difference. Like you could tell that there was a quality writer that yeah. knows screenplays, I think, behind this one compared to the other two. Yeah, the story felt a lot more focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went on plot lines going all over the place mm-hmm. it was yeah it was, kind of, it was moving in a certain direction you kind of knew for the most part you knew where all the characters were mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so if people want to listen i'll put a link down you can listen to my interview with kathy it, we talk mostly about hallmark movies but we talk a little bit about the harry potter her husband writing the harry potter uh movies and uh and uh, this uh, the secrets of, of dumbledore i mean overall i guess what did you think about this latest entry well, I think in, if you, if you frame it in like Disney terms, it was like, it would felt like the, the equivalent of Bolt in that there's nothing um, especially good or especially bad about it. It was just, it just is basically. So I gave it, I gave it 2.5 out of five on my blog. And it, like it was, it was definitely an improvement on Crimes of Grindelwald, but that is quite a low bar. And well, again, they, that's, I, I struggled when I was writing my review that how much credit am I giving it for the fact that it's better than what I thought was practically unwatchable in the second movie uh, i don't know i i do think that it's more fun um has more sort of blockbustery epic fun moments than the other two again not a high bar but i i mean my my score isn't that different than yours uh, i gave it what i gave it a six out of ten which would be a three out of five um under that uh, thing so i did go the first one of these fantastic beasts that i went fresh on partly because i think that anybody who's still invested in this world will enjoy it you know we'll get something out of it and i don't know i just had enough fun that it was worth a recommendation to me but it definitely has its flaws that's for sure i i think that they did the best they could to dig themselves out of that pit yeah yeah, they, yeah, you can tell they were trying to to improve on that. I think I can't wonder if you say like you're maybe giving the film a bit of um, credit for being better than Crimes of Grindelwald. I was kind of feeling like maybe Crimes of Grindelwald was still leaving a, a bad taste in my mouth. Kind of, like, kind of like watching Justice League after watching Batman be Superman. Like right. I was still associating the characters with the last movie that I didn't really enjoy watching. Right. Well, well, I, I felt there were there were fun moments here and there. Yeah, I thought I thought the first and second acts at least were were a bit dull a lot a lot of the time. But it was only like in the third act that it started, they kind of knew what was happening, and uh, I think and, and things got quite a bit stronger. Because like one because uh, like one of the issues I had with the script was that it when it, it basically felt like we were being dropped straight into the into the story that was already in progress, and so it wasn't really clear what the what the characters were setting out to do, you know, they're, they're saying we're the, the team that's going to stop Grindelwald, 
but and you're just thinking, well, stop a stopping from doing what, and b how are you how are you going to do it? It's just a bit of a it's all it's all a bit of a myth history, and so that makes it a little bit harder to to follow and get and get invested at least at the beginning. Well, I felt like they needed to do a better job of explaining this whole election. I thought the election was really confusing, and you get that in, especially in the third act because. They're saying, oh, we need to let the people decide. We need to let the people decide. But then they have this magical creature that actually decides. Exactly. Yeah, it doesn't. But I guess we're, I guess like some of the things with, with Grindelwald, we're like, I suppose, be mirroring, mirroring the rise of Nazism. We're like, by getting popular support or some bullying the other parties until, until finally the, the actual yeah. government and gives either Hitler or Grindelwald power. Well, and oh. yeah, and especially it all starts in Germany. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was definitely. But yeah, but you are, are right. They say that the people are going to decide, and then we'll let we'll let this chilling. I think uh, is that how you pronounce it? Chilling. I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah we're going to let that thing decide instead. Yeah, it was weird, and yeah. then and, and a and a creature that seemingly can be fairly easily manipulated. Yeah. Well, you don't want that to decide, but um, it starts out with them finding this chilling. Uh, in the, the, these are the sort of goons of Grindelwald with including Credence, find the chillin that uh, is given birth and then they kill the mother um, and then they bring the, the baby when it turns out there is actually two, there are actually twins. Yeah. And uh, then we meet Grindelwald and they want the chillin uh, to, in, to tell the help them tell the future it did it did seem that way like when there's like a picture that forms in the blood after he kills it, it and that mm-hmm. that was the only like our brief glimpse of that so it wasn't quite clear what he was seeing mm-hmm. and uh, i mean dumbledore i think says in a later seeing brindlewald can see flashes of the future which is why they have to structure their plan around that uh, well and and, and then, the then, power and of the chillin becomes part of him and who he is it wasn't no, that wasn't really clear. You can't really, I think this thing, like, I, when, when we get to the point where he's using the shilling in the election, you think it was that his plan all along? Oh, is it like, that he had to kill it and then Britain? Like, the way he brings it back, back as, like, his own puppet, I, I guess that kind of mirrors the use of the Inferi in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. You remember how Voldemort has all these, these, these living corpses guarding the guarding his horcrux in the lake oh yeah this big swarm of this big swarm of creatures that come out and attack harry because he basically takes the chillin that he's killed and he creates a fake yeah he basically it basically comes back to it's not really alive it comes back as a puppet yeah that's that's what it seemed like so the same concept. so that's how he's able to trick the election yeah which isn't really an election it was weird uh, <laughs> uh so what do we feel about Mads Mikkelsen? I felt I felt he was more believable than, than Johnny Depp. Like we don't we don't learn that much about Grindelwald's personality in the books, but it kind of fit in that he to be the kind of person who could like charm Dumbledore. Or that definitely that definitely wasn't the kind of character that Johnny Depp portrayed him as. Mm-hmm. It was just so hard to take him seriously with the look that they went for. That was just ridiculous. Whereas Mads Mikkelsen is, looks much more dignified. Yeah, and they have like more chemistry. Like you believed that they had had been in love, were in love. I think. 
Yeah. In this like one. I, like, I wouldn't have believed that with Johnny Depp. No. I'd be like the first scene is where you get uh, Dumbledore and Grindelwald talking in this, this kind of, I guess, I guess it's like this interdimensional, the, the, the weird inter- interdimensional thing they were doing with the, the restaurant. Yeah, that and cafe. That, yeah. No, I, was, I was hoping they'd like go, go into a bit more detail and they would get, get into each other's heads there. We'd like, like a proper, proper conversation. But that was, that, that was a bit of a letdown, just talking more about how like, I used to be. I guess being in love with you, and I'm gonna renew. Say I'm gonna burn their world down. Yeah, and, and people just, people you know. saying, oh, that this is like a victory for representation, for LGBTQ representation. Come on, I mean, <laughs> they they do have they they have the the blood pack, and Dumbledore says that he was in love with him with Grindelwald. That's it. That's all it is for the whole movie. Uh, it's um, it, it it's just it is pretty understated. <laughs> understated yeah uh, um so we get to meet and maybe we had seen him in the previous i don't remember but we we have newt and his brother thesis yeah he was in the um he was in the last film yeah oh, he was in Grindelwald. When he, okay when he was engaged to uh lisa lestrange who died oh forgot that um i thought that he was pretty dreamy i liked him <laughs> callum turner is the actor's name i thought he, I enjoyed every time he came. On, every time he came on screen, I was like, "Oh yeah." He's he's quite he's quite a good contrast to you. It's obviously he's more a bit, a bit more stuck up, right? He's kind of like, he's kind of like Percy from the Weasleys compared to like Ron or Fred or George. Mm. And so they they create this little fellowship, I guess, for lack of a better word, with a. Uh, with Yuleli uh, Hicks, Yusuf Lama, and which I mean, J.K. Rowling has come under criticism for her names. <laughs> I think that that is true here. Not the best name, but uh, but yeah. And then Jacob, they they recruit Jacob, and they give Jacob a wand, which I'm not really sure why. Mm. Uh, I mean, what does Jacob have to add to this quest? I mean, maybe they're hoping that he will help bring Queenie back or I don't know. I don't really understand. Like he doesn't have any powers. He doesn't have any particular skills. Why do they need Jacob? And, and he has no training on the wand. Yeah. Cause they, they never explain what the wand is actually for. Like, I think this eventually is made of snake wood, which I don't, I don't understand the relevance of that. And I think the only time that the wand seems to be used for anything is, uh, is like when he's pointing at Grindelwald and then, Lally seems to like use it as a conduit for making the big storm in the room, but it's but it's not Jacob himself. It doesn't appear to be Jacob himself doing that, so it's not at all clear what what that wand is supposed to be for. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, his whole role in all of this, and then the fact that they had him end up with Queenie and again in the end didn't really work for me because again I feel like Queenie has been kind of irredeemable of what she's done and the way he she treated him in particular. Uh, yeah, and the way, but just the way she like in that final scene where she's just immediately gone back to the way she was before, like yeah. no, like no guilt or no apparent guilt or anything like that. And not that, and shouldn't it still be illegal for them to be getting married? It was. I thought the point yeah. of them leaving America in the second film was because wizards and muggles couldn't get married in that in America right. at the time. That's true, and yeah. I mean, why would you want to be with somebody who literally? took you against your will for months and months and months had you under a spell yeah exactly 
<laughs> they were multiple parents. Yeah. So Thesis ends up getting arrested in Germany. And then Newt ends up going to rescue Thesis from the jail. And I thought that this whole sequence was the most fun of the whole movie with the um, scorpions. It did seem like they were kind of dragging out the whole Newt doing a funny pose. Yeah. But it was, I think there was a, a decent bit of tension with like the big scorpion in the, in the pit. Mm -hmm. right, trying to avoid that. Yeah. And I don't know. I just thought it was fun. The getting him out and the peril and the adventure of it all. And I mean, that's kind of what you want in these types of blockbusters. You do need to get those, those fantastic beasts in there as well, since it's a title yeah. of the film. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and that has been so disappointing because there's really been very few. I mean, this one, you do have some beasts with the chilla and everything like that. And, but uh, we don't even ever get Newt writing his book. No, he, he, <laughs> and he's still got his niffler and his uh, and his bow truckle. Who do get to who do get to actually do something in the same scene? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was quite far. I think that that kind of slow motion thing where the niffler looks like he's going to catch the the bow truckle. He's actually grabbing for the coins. Mm. He still loves those shiny objects. Right. Yeah. And so. We have, again, talking about this election, you have Vincencia Santos and Lou Tao. And they, they had the election, but then it the, the person who is elected has to be found worthy by the chillin, yeah. which I think is weird. I feel thinking about the chillin, possibly it is, but possibly they were originally going to let the let the public probably vote decide and then it's, it, it does come as a surprise when they when they pull the chilling out so maybe that they, they decided they should they should use it when they once one becomes available if that's what's traditionally they used in the past so maybe that was the idea but this is like that was like the primary option and like a public vote was a secondary option yeah but it really backfires i mean because because grindelwald is able to use the fake chillin in order to get him to yeah. be approved and he wins the election despite having not actually won the election what yeah because it be yeah because you're right because because uh, you can't uh, it is it is a bit weird how the other chill how he can't uh, the chillin is supposed to bow to a person who is pure of heart and then when it bows to Grindelwald he's immediately saying let's go to war against the muggles kill, kill them all Thinking, yeah. Okay, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, they, he uses the black magic to get the dead chillin to bow before him, yeah. and so then he wins. But and everybody seems like the the people are like cheering and stuff like that when they announce that he's the winner, which is weird because if they didn't vote for him, why would they be cheering? Well, it does seem like he has he has some public support, like like in the in the same way he's in the car. He, he, he seems to have a lot of support for the, the people there, and that's mm -hmm. why he, I, he's, he's eventually absolved of his, his crimes by the, the German minister. I think he's the German minister, Vogel, and they're, yeah. and they're allowed to stand for election. And all these people are cheering for him after he's won because they also support his idea about muggles. And then after that, when, that's, when that result has been rescinded and uh, Santos gets chosen by the children instead, we don't hear a word out of any of those people. They're like, well, Oh, yeah, okay. We'll weird. forget about that muggle war then. It's all right. right. We'll, we'll go do something else. 
Yeah, the whole election was just, it didn't work. And it was, it it didn't make sense. It was confusing. Uh, We we have this whole thing also with Newt's assistant, who I thought for sure she was going to end up being a villain. I really felt that. And uh, just the way that she was acting and the way that she, uh, but she really wasn't, she was just kind of there. Uh, and she ends up getting six of Newt's briefcases, uh, suitcases made. Um, and that's how they're able to hide the, the twin chillin', uh, is they've got all these different briefcases going all over the place. Um, I don't know. what do you think about that? Well, I, well, I had four. There's a, there's actually a YouTuber called a movie flame who does a lot of videos on Harry Potter and his idea for it was uh, Bunty was actually Tina using Polyjuice Potion. Oh. Explain A, why Tina barely shows up in the trailers, and B, why, why Bunty seems to be acting quite differently from the brief scene we had of her in Crimes of Grindelwald when she was in Newt's, Newt's basement helping look out for his creatures. And it did see, and the movie did seem like it was going in that direction when Newt kind of just gives this vague excuse about Tina being too busy to be there. It really does seem like... to. You do think that Tina is maybe the wild card and she's doing something in the background and it's going to become relevant in the third act. And there seems to be this, this mix of Bunty acting that way and still acting like the, the put-upon assistant who's, who has a crush on Newt. And then ultimately that didn't have any payoff and, and Tina really isn't in it. You see, we, see her at the, we, see, we see her briefly at the American headquarters and then she turns up at the end so she really doesn't, so she really doesn't have yeah, any Yeah, she must have uh Catherine Waterston must have had another commitment or something maybe. or maybe COVID or something there must have been some reason why she wasn't in the movie at all hardly at all yeah 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 there was a bit of, yeah yeah, yeah it, it just it seemed like they were going down that that route I think it was it would possibly be have some kind of hidden role and then that, that just didn't end up happening yeah I was just looking to see if I could see anything on the Wikipedia about it but I don't see it but it felt like it, it felt weird that um, that like she another, was literally just a cameo. Yeah, like another reason they didn't bring Nagini back was because the actress was pregnant. But uh, I don't I don't know if about why why they didn't have Catherine Waterston being good because that was so cringe the Nagini yeah plot in Grindelwald that was bad. Yeah, that was just that was just another problem with that film because that was just completely pointless. There was no reason for Nagini to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we also have Credence is sent by Grindelwald to assassinate Dumbledore. And I don't really, uh, I mean, at this, because at this point, he's supposed to be his brother. They said at the end of the second film that, that he was actually Aurelius Dumbledore and Elvis' his brother, which I right. was, which I thought seemed like a really terrible, <laughs> uh, ter- terrible going against canon. At that point, because surely if, if Dumbledore had another brother, it would have come up in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. And, and then so, the fact, so the revelation you get that he's actually Aberforth's illegitimate son is slightly better, but yeah. not by much. <laughs> you kind of think maybe that would a you kind of think that maybe Aberforth wouldn't want to mention that in front of Harry or Albus wouldn't mention it, but it, it still is quite a stretch. Yeah. Well, and also, why did we go through all of that? misery with the baby switching yeah <laughs> it's just gonna be oh. it was, it was, it was, I don't know how he ended up there on that right. on that boat yeah 
And so, but he's going to assassinate Dumbledore and he, if he's like, it almost seems like Credence is almost controlled by Grindelwald at a certain point. Uh, But, uh, but he and Dumbledore uh, kind of fight it out. And that's when we get the, yeah, the revelation that he's the illegitimate son of Aber, Aberforth. And, uh, and so that was, I mean, I thought that scene was weird yeah, because after, you know, we got this this strange, this strange other world, outfit, and we're first with Dumbledore and Grindelwald in the cafe, and then we get this whole Doctor Strange style fight scene with Dumbledore yeah. and fighting in some separate, some separate dimension, and nothing, and there's been nothing like that in the in the Harry Potter books or in the previous Fantastic Beasts films. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the closest thing I can think of is like Harry and Dumbledore having the the discussion with each other in the the kind of alternate king's cross at the end of deathly hallows yeah and, and in that situation harry is like in in the area between life and death mm-hmm. so possibly some kind of void there but that's it this is nothing like that well and it is true too that the something happened to the fashion sense of, of everybody at hogwarts in between <laughs> in between the uh the these the fantastic beast period and the harry potter period that everyone just kind of gave up on on tailored suits yeah they just yeah well they just had to change quite a bit between films anyway didn't they like, <laughs> I remember how everybody had long hair in goblets of fire <laughs> yeah one thing, I was thinking, I was, one thing i was thinking about credence's look in this film was that he kind of looked like snape with his with his long dark hair yeah. that's, maybe, maybe that's why dumbledore maybe that's why dumbledore liked snape mm-hmm. none of these characters have the layers that the characters in harry potter had you know where you had i think one of the best things about harry potter is the those books is that you have complex characters who are flawed that harry as a character has to forgive dumbledore because he's flawed he has to forgive snape certainly by the end he has to forgive his parents uh, that are flawed um there's just they're interesting characters they're layered characters and in this case these characters just don't have that yeah well possibly jk rowling was just just been so used to having being able to create characters in a book where she can get inside the heads there's lots of rooms to flush them out but it was a bit more difficult to yeah so make up characters for a film where there's far less room mm-hmm. and boom, and try to develop them in the same way yeah, it's not the same thing. I mean, doing a screenplay, not the same no. as writing a novel. And so then we have this whole scene where Jacob is basically tortured by Grindelwald yeah. and uh, then Credence, Queenie, and Newt expose Grindelwald and tell the people that it's this fake well, uh, chillin. And Again, they didn't do enough to kind of redeem Queenie, in my eyes, at least. It was like, yeah. all of a sudden, she's not a Nazi anymore. No, there just, just wasn't enough room, room for it. Yeah. And so then the chillin', the real chillin' that they bring uh, bows before Dumbledore and Santos. And so he, that means that he won the election, which is, again, so weird. <laughs> yeah, it's- they're not quite sure or about like they kind of mentioned about how the chilling bows to you if you're pure of heart and they're, and, they're, yeah. and then nobody really is 
positive, so positive space bounds are the closest equivalent. Because, I mean, that, like double law as we as we know him at that time does does seem basically pure of heart art, but then he does he does have he still have a lot of guilt inside him for what's and for his previous dealings with Wilderwald and the reason he said in the books yeah. that the reason he didn't be, he didn't become minister for magic because he, he felt he couldn't be trusted with power, which would suggest that he at least believes there is a little bit of darkness inside him. Right, that's true. Well, and so then there's this whole fight between Grindelwald and Dumbledore, and evidently because Grindelwald had Credence tried to kill Dumbledore, he broke the blood pack, but uh, but wouldn't there be more consequences for breaking the blood pack? Uh, they, it doesn't seem like there is, but it allows Dumbledore to at least be able to fight. Yeah, because the explanation again with the Grindelwald was trying to kill and Dumbledore was trying to defend. Mm-hmm. So possibly because they were going against each other in an indirect way, instead of like directly attacking each other. Then maybe that, that was a, a like a loophole that allowed the, the packs to be broken without, without killing them both. Yeah, and then, and then Credence is accepted by Aberforth as a member of the Dumbledore family. <laughs> he, seems, he seems to be dying. They kind of indicate that he's going to die because of the obscurus inside him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we end with Jacob and Queenie getting married. And then Tina shows up. And uh, Dumbledore is watching from the outside. And again, we talked about it a lot. But that it just didn't... I would not want to marry uh queenie if i was jacob no no if you are right it is hard to trust someone who's who's first first magically drugged you and then and then join the dark side yeah yeah Yeah. so i yeah i mean yeah but then with the end ending like how we end on dumbledore rather than newt don't we like you were saying at the beginning our newt works better as a side character and the way that this film treats its ending, it does seem more like it's yeah, uh, it is called the secrets of Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. But it is more like, like treating treating Dumbledore more as the the central character in how it ends, isn't it? Yeah, and Dumbledore walking off on the street. I I really feel like I don't think we're getting four and five of this franchise. Do you do you feel that way? I did feel like Warner Brothers were playing it say a thinking just in case we this film doesn't work out after the last two oh and we we, we will have an option where we're not going to end it on a cliffhanger and so we've tied up we've basically tied up the loose ends and the the, the and the harry potter fans know what happens anyway Donald dog defeats grindelwald in 1945 yeah. because that, that's the problem i have with prequels i just I don't, i'm not typically a fan of prequels right yeah yeah, what do you think they could have done to make this series better? Yeah. What would you well, have done? I'd, I'd have like detached it more from the, if we're going to have a prequel in terms of like following Newt Scamander, then I would have like detached it more from the main series. Like had it, like maybe had some like little hints of like, of like stuff we recognized from Harry Potter in the background and maybe think things with Grindelwald could be affecting anything what Newt has to do. But uh, I think I, I, would have, I would have more of a focus on his on his studies in magizoology and possibly going on various adventures and possibly trying to change people's attitudes about the various beasts. Just it, just because yeah. I think you could make quite a good story about his scientific career if he has to face various opposition for his views and uh, 
and, and struggles in studying and trying to protect these rare animals. You could, you could make some good stories out of that. Yeah, I think you could have had it just be a sweet, like basically a kind of a love story and him being this yeah zoologist and you didn't need to make it uh convoluted in this big epic you know story or whatever and uh that would probably have been hard for the fan base but i think and then it would have been more satisfying than what they certainly what they came up with do you agree that there's just something about this world that that's better with child protagonists the well, with the kind of, with the kind of story that we got in Harry Potter, then yeah, because they're they, because they're both they're both they're able to like learn about the world in the same way that we are, and the uh, and also because they're children that makes them more vulnerable and the odds are more stacked against them. With the, if we don't if we already know about the world that it's um uh, well then I feel yeah, then I feel it's probably more okay to have adult protagonists, but maybe maybe less maybe less able to really, really like get engaged with and. And supervise with them unless they're done in the right way. Yeah. So, what did you think of all of the production design, the costuming? Is calling out what I think is the costume, and she's she's amazing. Uh, but uh, what did you think of just how the movie looked? Hey, I didn't really like how this movie looked. It felt it felt very bland to me. Like the way they chat, like the way they chat to make most of the scenes in Germany. This is quite this quite grey, colourless. Mm-hmm. Look, and even even when it did have like color with spells being fired into the air, it felt it, it, it didn't fit. It didn't feel especially especially magic, really. Yeah, I mean, I was okay with. It. I thought it was all right, but yeah, not like nothing that was too dazzling or anything that stood out. Uh, and I do think that the music is was really good, James Newton Howard. Yeah, yeah, you had some you had some hints as well in like the old. Uh, the old Harry Potter John Williams theme in there, didn't they? What they call Edwig's theme. Like I think yeah. like when they first when they get back to Hogwarts, you hear it there, and then in that bit where they look in the fake cases and all these books and baked goods go flying out. Yeah. And, and there's some old Harry Potter music there as well. And I did actually like that scene because it felt more like so some kind of more wild, wild magic of the kind that we saw in the earlier films. A little, a little bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a mixed bag. There's no doubt about it. I overall had fun with it. Again, it was probably benefited by low expectations, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, I I think that uh, they they hopefully, if they do make any more, that they will keep using Steve Close because uh, it was a definite improvement for sure from Harry Potter. Um, I think as well as well. Have you actually read any of uh, Jackie Rowling's like other other books? Because she has been working on other books besides uh, besides her screenwriting. I haven't. Have Have you? Hey, I've read I've read her uh, her crime novels, which she writes under the name Robert Galbraith. And and again, and she did uh, the the first two novels in that series. She um she didn't um they, they weren't that good, but she has got better as time goes along. So maybe she gets a chance to do some more screenwriting. She could. Uh, she could improve as she gets more experience. Yeah. So I asked on Twitter, I said, what's better, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child uh, or the Fantastic Beast movie? And 
movies and I got some different reactions. I have not seen the, the actual Broadway production. Have you, no, have I, you seen the Cursed Child? I haven't seen it either. I've read the script. Yeah, me too. Uh, it wasn't a great script, but I've heard that they do a lot of fun things with it in the staging and I think I'm one of Tony. Yeah. Is that yeah. Yeah, because firstly, I like he. I probably like Cursed Child better, just based on the on the script. Because I don't, I can't accept it as canon. There are, there are certain aspects of it I could, I, I definitely can't accept as actually helping. But chiefly, Voldemort having a daughter. Yeah, it? that was really stupid. Uh, yeah. But I, I did like the relationship between the two boys. Yeah. That's, in, that's, that's probably the highlight yeah. in cursed child and that i mean i'm a sucker for time travel so i'd kind of fun with that it's not overall, very well written but yeah. it overall is a, is a more interesting story than fantastic any of the fantastic beast films i feel yeah it's not as convoluted as uh as those films well i asked and i got a lot of different responses i thought it was kind of fun um i have sharner she says fantastic beast is trash Tammy says Fantastic Beast for sure. And that's just the first one. Uh, Christian Paystrip, he says Fantastic Beasts. At least I enjoyed the first one, whereas Cursed Child and Crimes of Grindelwald both made me miserable. Uh, Ryan says, I'm going to have to say Cursed Child. I saw it during previews in New York City. And regardless of the rough plot, it was absolutely magical. I laughed and cried and still think often about some of the effects used on stage without ever seeing the iconic castle train or hearing any musical themes from the films during the show, it's undoubtedly still Wizarding World. I can't vouch for the shorter new version, but the original is one of my top theater experiences of all time. Uh, Emma Weltner says, Fantastic Beasts, what it's lacked in writing makes up for in cute animals. Uh, Adam Suckling says, definitely Harry Potter. Uh, Crooked Table Production says, I've only read Cursed Child and seen the first Fantastic Beast, but for me, it's definitely the former. Uh, Secrets of Dumbledore says, Fantastic Beasts. And, uh, and then Atomicverse says, that's tough choice. I haven't, I haven't seen the Broadway show, but of everything I heard, it does seems like it's the best of the two, although it tries heavily to retcon some stuff. So yeah, some different opinions there, but it does feel like it's a shame we couldn't have just had Harry Potter because uh, I remember when I finished the last book, The Deathly Hollows, I felt like, wow, she did it. She just yeah. ended this perfect. It was, that was my feeling at the time of like, I just felt so satisfied. I felt like all the characters had such a satisfying ending. Uh, it, it was very moving. Uh, it had deeper themes of forgiveness and loss and, and all that. And, and I felt like the movies did a good job. I really enjoyed that um, part two, uh, Deathly Hallows part two. I didn't love Deathly Hallows part one, but nevertheless, they were, they were all pretty solid movies. And, and it was just like, so lucky that you had this kind of unblemished franchise. Of course, now J.K. Rowling has gone on to blemish herself a lot, but I don't know. It's just, I just kind of wish that we could have just kept it as it was when that last book came out. It was such a good ending. Yeah, I mean, when you have a franchise like that, people are always, are always asking for more. Sometimes, sometimes what you get is just, it's enough. Yeah. Like, like I say, like 
Like even even a cursed child, even if it has good things about it, I just I just see it as fan fiction, right? Rather than canon. Yeah. No, I agree, and uh, it's 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 just a shame that uh, we can't just. You got to admire when you do have those uh, authors or directors that are willing to just say it's done. I'm moving away. I'm not going back to that property because I'm sure the temptation is great, but uh, I can't think of that many examples where it's really paid off. No. Maybe something like Blade Runner 2049. Uh, you know, a lot of people loved that. And that's, but those are few and far between when it works to come back to a, a franchise like that. But, um, but anyway, it, it is what it is. <laughs> it's, the, it's, a, it's an interesting franchise. So let us know what you think, uh, what you liked, what you didn't like. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And thanks so much for doing this, Richard. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. So where can people follow you, your blog, and uh, you on social media, everything like that? I'm on uh, Twitter on RJ underscore Southwith. Or you can see my blog at uh, velociraptor256 at wordpress.com. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And I'll put a link to our Harry Potter playlist where you can listen to all our back episodes on uh, on Harry Potter uh, in the description. So make sure you check that out. And if, you, uh, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us your ratings and reviews. That helps so much. And if you are watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up. And subscribe to the channel we appreciate that so much we also have the patron group and merch store take a look at that and thanks so much everybody we'll talk to you all later bye everyone bye bye <laughs>